Hey, this is Rachel Joy Barbeau. You're listening to the Joy Starters podcast. And what you are hearing is excerpts from our table talk. In my book, there's a chapter all about my father's table. And it is way more than I can go into in an intro. So you have to read it. The book is available everywhere. Amazon, Audible, independent bookstores, wherever books are sold, you can get the book Relentless Joy. But these table talks, they're my friend Natasha Garrett myself, sometimes other people. We put it on Instagram. We put it in our book launch group. We put it out for the world. And this is a behind the scenes look on the book, on what went into it, on how people are responding to it. So I hope you enjoy these table talks. Love you guys. Chapter 15, Your Ancestors. Mm. I know that this is such a tender spot for you because you're so connected to your past and your ancestry and everything. I mean, every chapter is obviously something that I love, but it says, have you ever stopped to think about your ancestors, the ones you never knew? Your grandmother's grandmother's mother or the great grandpa times five, that's a long way back to ponder. Maybe you have their nose or their chin or the same dimple or twinkle in your eye. Maybe you laugh the same as someone you have never met. Maybe you're built the same. Genes are a beautiful thing. That's a question I would love for you to think about as you read the next few pages. What qualities do you think your bloodline passed down to you? When I was a sportscaster, I often pondered genetic makeup and how some families like the Mannings or the Harbaugh's or the Ripkins passed down incredible athletic genes. It's just in their DNA to be wildly talented at sports, and they also all work really hard at it. But I think it's also in your DNA to be hardworking or kind or a survivor. It's just a hunch, but if we can pass down athletic talent, why can't we pass down other traits and qualities? It's just so fascinating to me. I'll pass it back to you, Natasha, for the for the parts that you liked. So I was talking, we were talking about nature versus nurture and how things are passed on. And so, so it just made me wonder, like, what were you born to do? So mm-hmm. what abilities were you born with for, that was passed down to you that others don't have? Um, and how can you use them? And how were you meant to use them? And also... Like, what's your superpower? That I mean, your superpower doesn't mean flying, and it, it doesn't mean that you're invisible. It means, can you connect to people? Do you have this ability that other people aren't as good at? And how can you use that to your advantage? It's it's so good. I've been recently saying this. You've been hearing me. Natasha serves with us, and I'm changing the narrative. And if that's something you ever want to get involved with, but Natasha has been hearing me say this a lot is that, and, and I heard it from somebody else, this woman was talking about raising a sensitive child. And she said, you know, raising a child that cries at sunsets. And she was like, that basically that she was saying, what if we told our kids that were sensitive, that their sensitivities are super powered. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. If I had been told by the time I was, when I was young, it wasn't my mom or my dad. But if I had been told from the time I was young that I wasn't too sensitive, I wasn't too emotional, I wasn't too anything, that my sensitivity was my superpower, Natasha, y'all, I would have leaned into it a lot earlier and not felt so ashamed of being so sensitive and so emotional. Absolutely. That would have been a game changer for me, too. Um, You know, I always kind of joke and say I'm a crybaby because I cry over everything. If I'm proud (laughs) of you. 
I'm crying. Like yes. if I'm if I'm excited, I'm crying. If I'm mad, I'm for sure crying. <laughs> if I, if something touches me, I'm you know I'm over here with tears. My husband can't even watch TV or a movie because he's too busy staring at me to see if I'm crying or not, so he can <laughs> laugh at me. I love fun. it. Shauna says I, that's deep. I wish I was told that when I was younger. And Miss uh, Melanie said, I love that. And I think it's important to embrace it. It's so true. So if you've got a sensitive child or you are doing, y'all ready for this inner child work, which I talk about in the book, y'all, we have got, if you want it, just send me a DM. And by the way, we've totally revamped my website, rachelbarbeau.com to have a lot of stuff there, but we will add this there in the future as well in terms of resources. But we have my friend, Melanie Reese, who is an amazing therapist, did an inner child meditation for I'm changing the narrative at one of our retreats a few years ago. And if you haven't done the inner child work uh, and you don't have a child or you do have a child, but it's you that need maybe, and, and I'm speaking for myself here, maybe I need to go back and remind myself, my inner child, that that it, my sensitivity was a superpower. Maybe I need to go back and do that work. And speaking of, of young people, I have to tell this story in this book. And what I love about this book, and even if I did not know me, was there's scientific studies in here, there's history in here, there's facts in here. So like when I was writing the book, I was learning too and studying and researching. And I'm like, oh, you know, like my little nerdy heart was so happy. So I had a cousin. She wasn't really a cousin. She was like family, but she wasn't related to me. And my family does that really well. She wasn't, she was a blood cousin, but she was like family. She had cystic fibrosis. She goes out to Jackson Hole with me when we were very young, when I was in my early 20s, and she gets to live. Now you got to think, I, I've seen her grow up. I've seen her being beat on the back and all the surgeries and all the medicine and all of those things. And she gets to go out there and live, y'all. And she's in Jackson Hole and she falls in love with somebody out there. And they have this like torrid three-week affair. And she's young too. And that memory got me straight in the heart. And anyway, so it says, as we got older, she made a trip out west to Jackson Hole in Utah with me. She met a boy. She fell in love as much as you can in a few weeks. There was a wildfire when we were in Jackson Hole. And so she had to stay indoors a lot. This is my cousin who had cystic fibrosis. Who's not really my cousin. <laughs> Jessica would go on to get a double lung transplant to try to lengthen her life and the quality of it. After her transplant, she started to have a hankering, a Southern word that means a craving for spicy foods. She had never liked spicy foods in her life. She would soon find out that her transplant donor was a Latino first responder for, from Miami who was killed in the line of duty. Sometimes your cells and your organs just know they carry your eunice with you. And scientists actually have a name for it. It's called cellular theory. And it states that memories as well as personality traits, Natasha, are stored in the brain, but also may be stored in organs such as the heart. And in Jessica's case, the lungs. Scientists have studied this phenomenon and are still discovering new things. They take cases that defy logic. Back in the 70s, Claire Sylvia received a heart and a lung transplant from a teenager who passed in a motorcycle accident. Just like Jessica, she began to experience cravings that she had never had before, like for burgers and beer. After some time had passed, she contacted the family of her donor, and she was shocked to learn that he enjoyed the same foods. Another famous case was of a young girl who received another adolescent's heart. She immediately began to experience nightmares of a man trying to kill her. Her dreams were so vivid that she went to a mental health professional who finally believed her. They were able to uncover that the donor had been murdered. 
The dreams were so uh, vivid that they found, apprehended, and convicted the man of murder. Wow, just wow. And we as humans walk around thinking we are anything less than miraculous. That's crazy. I mean, that's so crazy. It made me think of something that I've heard. I've often heard that people talk about ancestral pain and how things that our ancestors suffered can come down to us. But so as tough and unfair as that seems, but that also must seem that their joy and their hopes and their dreams and their knowledge and their experiences can come down to us too. You ha- you always have to take the good with the bad. And so to me, that just means that there's so much that we're destined for. And, and how can you look at all of that and not say, I have a purpose? Okay. I mean, that's just so touching to me. Mm. Shauna said the blood remembers. Isn't that scripture? Melanie says, wow. And then Shauna says, I have, I have relatives like that as well. One other little story before we move on, I'm going to read y'all something. This chapter is interesting for a lot of people. Okay. It's an out there chapter. I'm an out there girl. I believe in a lot of things. I am um, open. I am always seeking knowledge and I have a Native American um, ancestry. And so, um, you know, one of my my friends, Matt said this chapter was, had some woo woo in it, you know, and that's okay. I have woo woo in me. So it says recently I was searching for um, it says, let me back this up and say it long with wanting to lean into my Hispanic heritage by learning Spanish. I've also felt the tug of my native ancestors to trace my genealogy, go to a reservation and observe, learn and serve, attend a powwow and learn how to do the sacred dances. These are just a few of the things that recently cropped up. It's a deep longing in my soul. Recently, I was searching YouTube for tribal music and came across one that stopped me dead in my tracks. I knew I wanted to play it again when I could fully focus on how it made me feel deep down. I chose to bring it back up while sitting in my office writing. It was a particularly creative day. I was surrounded by dozens of sticky notes scribbled with ideas I simply mustn't forget. Little tidbits of ideas and stories that would take an okay chapter and make it an outstanding and remarkable. I was putting words to paper that I knew you were going to love. I was even reading my book aloud with all the treble, soul, and bass my voice could afford. I decided it was a good time to turn on this newfound sacred ancestral music. And what happened was darn near miraculous. I began to weep instantly. And the only way I know to describe it is I felt seen all at once by many generations of ancestors. The scripture came to mind. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Hebrews 12, 11, 12, 1. I felt their collective eyes on me. I felt all their love. It shot moonbeams across space and time. The tears continued to course down my cheeks. I dared not move. You've heard of agape love, God's immeasurable and incomparable love for humankind. But have you heard of storage, storage love? I think I'm pronouncing it right. I got to go back to my days of recording the audiobook. The ancient Greeks used this word to describe family love. The bonding among mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, sisters, and brothers. Sometimes we as humans have to get some distance away from an experience to reflect on and discover how truly special it is. Not this gift of an encounter. I knew how powerful and important it was in the moment the first tear fell. 
And now I know it was a beautiful and sacred offering from our creator so that this orphan could feel this storage kind of love after all the loss she'd experienced. The gift was uniquely for me. And it goes on to talk about John and Stasi Eldridge, who um, wrote, she wrote the book Captivating and how God knows what you love. And then he romances you with that. Um, and it's amazing. But I, I want to stop and get your thoughts, Natasha. And y'all. I love that. I just, I love love. And I know that sounds so crazy. But I just, you know, to me, love and, and just connecting with other people. That's why we're here. That is the only reason that we're all here. Um, and sometimes it happens in the most unexpected times and ways. And, and sometimes, like you kind of said, you don't realize what's happening in the moment. And then later you're like, wow, that was, that was crazy. I just love that story. And I love how if you just immerse yourself, I like how you in the moment, if, if you've read the book, you know, she, she heard it and she was like, nope, nope, not now, not now. I can't do this right I can't now. Do it. I can't do it. Immerse myself in it. I can't give myself to it right now. Let me set it aside so that I can be fully ready to fully receive it. And we are so busy and and overscheduled, and we often don't take time to do that. And so I love that you you recognize that moment and you took the time to give it what it needed so that it can fully touch you in the way that it was meant to. Rachel Joy Barbeau here. Did you know, and I'm so excited to announce it, that I am going to be coaching again. I have coached for years and years. Years ago, I coached sportscasters 40 and seven years. It was the joy of my life to be able to lead sportscasters on their journey. And then once I quit sportscasting, I began joy coaching, helping people find what sets their soul on fire, creating movements, bringing that thing that's been in your soul into the world. And we are starting a small, a very small and intimate group coaching program, August 15th. I also have two spots available, just two, because I want to give you my all uh, for one-on-one coaching. So if you want to check it out and get all the information, we want you to head on over to rachelbarbeau.com and make sure you sign up for the email list. That makes you a VIP. and You're already a VIP in my heart. It makes you a VIP and that way you will get information on the coaching program, when I'm going to be in your town, events I'm doing, how you can be a joy starter, how you can get your joy starter buttons, all the things. I love you guys and I'm so thankful for you. You know what I'm going to take from you, Natasha, um, is, and, and this is for everybody that's joining in via Instagram that will watch later and then the book launch club because we did a pop-up um, meeting this week. I love that you just remind us to slow down. Busy can be the tool of the enemy yeah. to keep you from savoring, appreciating, loving, going back for the hug, going back for the kiss, um, spending a little bit of time with the kids, putting your phone down. And I do it to myself. I know it's also the enemy, but I do it to myself. And sometimes I'm like, ooh, you know, I'm, I'm running like this. You know, la, 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 la. And I'm like, okay, but what will happen if it doesn't get done? Or what will happen if I'm, if I'm, you know, and sometimes it's really not that critical. Sometimes I'm lying to myself, Natasha, and it's really, it, sometimes it is. Now, listen, I understand you've got to go case, by, but sometimes you can't, you got to pause and savor the moment. 
was talking to our friend Heather the other day about her children and the time that she's investing with them this summer and being intentional. And she said it, she knows it. And I'm, I was just reminded her like how precious, like her baby, the baby that she has is like, just loves her mama. We both just remarked that it won't, she'll blink like that. And thank you for saying that. But also then you putting out the message to everybody today as we kind of wind down on this table talk. And we're going to continue and do another one now to, to talk about the end of the book. Y'all savor the moment, slow down. If it's not critical, if it's not going to kill you or kill somebody else, or you're, you know, uh, or it's hypercritical, slow down and savor the moment and know when some things need to be wait, need to wait too. Maybe, maybe you have a conversation with your partner and you're hungry and tired and irritable and you're trying to force it in. When you could wait until you both have time and you've both been fed and you're both not rushed. And what if the outcome is different? Right. And it's almost like that, that old saying, you know, you miss the forest for the trees. It's like you, you're so busy and you don't even take the time. I mean, and I say you, I really mean yeah. me, like collectively, all, all of, of us. <laughs> to sit and say, why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Um, what what purpose is it serving if we're not soaking it all in along the way and we're not experiencing the things? I mean, we weren't put here to just hustle and bustle until we die. You know, yeah, we got to hustle and we got to bustle sometimes, but we have to also stop and think, what are we doing this for? And you mentioned Heather and her babies, and I know because I know Heather too. Hey, Heather. So, it made me think of something I heard the other day because so many times you have a baby and it's like the mom is so connected to the baby. And that's not a, that's not a slight to dads at all. We have different roles and we have different, different seasons in our children's lives of, of who is important and why, but when a kid is born and what's a kid's first word, is it ever mama? No, it's almost always data. And what I heard the other day online is that, that's because until a baby's like 18 months old, it sees that it is connected with the mother. It does not even consider calling yes. something because it thinks it's, it is the mother. Like it thinks that you are one. So it has a name for the dad, but because it, it thinks it's you. So, yeah. And so I was like, wow, like what an epiphany to all moms out there who've been so sad that <laughs> they yeah. do all this work and they are so connected and their body has gone through so much. And then it's dada, you know, <laughs> but, the, but, so. the, but the real beauty of that is yes, they, they recognize dada, but they think they're you, you know, they're, yeah, <laughs> yeah they're literally from my perspective, writing a book is not easy. I've watched Rachel, I've watched her chat, you know, from the time where she was huddling herself and missing um, moments and missing connections with their own family and, and sacrificing it for the greater good for all of us and what this book is going to do. As we wrap up, maybe you could just talk about what, what it's been like since the book launched. So I just talked to another author about this. And while this, this has a Christian undertone to this book, this book is for a wide audience, but I want to, I want to tell and just be really honest with people um, here and say this, I, my family has gone through a, a lot. My husband lost his father. Um, there's been a lot of other things that happen. 
And what does that tell me? Some of the the warfare aspects of the things that we've been through in this book tell me that um, there are forces that are unseen that did not want me to promote this book, did not want me to sell it, surely did not want it to be out there. And so I was talking to this other author and she's like a 10 time bestseller and I'm going to be on her podcast. She's amazing. And um, she said, Rachel, the first time I put out a book, this happened, this catastrophic event. The second time I put out a book, a catastrophic event. The third time I put out a book, a catastrophic event. She said, I am just in the understanding. And and someone told me this years ago about when I went to Israel, they said, right before you go to Israel, you're going to go through some things because the enemy wants to get your mind off of things and take you away. And so I just want to say, I've been going through some stuff and, but God, and I am so glad to say the, but God, and um, maybe that makes you more bonded to me. Maybe that makes you say, wow, I relate to her more. And I, I certainly, if you read the book, I think you'll, you'll relate, but I, I wanted to share that Natasha, I could not be transparent about those things. And I think it's actually a, it's a, it's a compliment in a way. Um, because the enemy knows I'm dangerous. Yes. Yes. And you're so, you're such a grateful person. And I fully believe in being in a state of, of gratitude is what gets you what you want in life and what brings more things to you and makes more things come your way. Um, and so I, I fully believe that in hard times, we might in a, in the moment be like, why me? Why this? Why did this happen? But then we just have to take a breath and be thankful and find what we can be thankful for. Like, you know, this is going to make me a better author. This is going to make me a better connector. This is going to make me a better manager. This is going to make me a better mom, you know? Um, so we just have to to take those things and turn them into good and say, forget you, devil. Yeah. You, you had to mess with me and you made me stronger. Okay, so I saw this the other day, um, and I and I'm going to try to do my best to share it. This guy was like, he's like spiritual warfare. And by the way, why am I sharing this? Like most people would go, let me just talk about all the fluff and mm-hmm. the wonderful parts of the book launch because it's been amazing. I've had I've had signings. I've had people show up. We've given away 918 books. I've been on 700 Club. I'm in California speaking. I'm going. You know, it's been amazing. I am telling you this for a purpose. When you create something that you know you were supposed to create and put into this world, you're going to experience friction. You are going to experience pushback. You're going to experience like, why God, what is going on? It's because if you've got a dream in your heart, and I'm preaching now, but if you've got a dream in your heart that you know you're supposed to bring forth and bring it to pass, it means it's going to touch and affect other people. And there, if you believe in God, even Alice Cooper said this in his book, if you believe in God, you've got to believe there's an opposite force that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And if that is a God-given dream in your heart that's going to help other people in any way, shape, or form, there is an enemy that does not want you to put it out there. So why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this so that you can be prepared and get your sword and get your armor. And when you create, you can say, huh, I know what this is. And that's, I've, I've had shed a few tears. I've, I've had some, you know, some rough moments, but I've also turned it around and said, oh, oh yeah, I know what this is. I'm being fought. I'm being battle tested because he knows this book. I'm changing there to joy starters. This book, everything that we're doing is touching and affecting lives. So. And this is how I've always done, done my life. And it's why people have told me this my whole life. They said, 
I'm attracted to you because you're real. You do not do the filter. It's nothing wrong with filters, but you don't, you don't have to be made up and filtered and this and that. And you don't want to show us the good parts of your life. You showed us when you were face down in your prayer closet, when you lost your mom, you know, you've shown us the ugly parts of your life, the hard parts. And who would I be, Natasha, if I got on this live and told people it's all going to be roses and wonderful when you put your thing out in the world, when you adopt your child, that is something that's a God-given dream. It's not going to be perfect and it's going to be hard because adoption is beautiful and hard, right? Like, you know, raising a child, creating a movement, writing a book, whatever it is, starting a business, starting a passion project, you're going to you are going to encounter friction. You're going to, you're going to, and friction is a sign that you are doing the right thing. So who would I be if I'd got on here and said it was all been sunshine and roses? Has it been beautiful? Yes. Have I seen God's fingerprints all over? Yes. But it has also been hard. And I, this guy, what he said, going back to that is he said, I want, and this is kind of, we kind of, twisted in but in in a crazy way like it's a mind bender he said i want the enemy to rejoice when i die and i'm like what 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 and he said because i i want him to know i'm such a fierce warrior on the battlefield for salvation for christ for people's souls and fighting against him that when i die i want hell to celebrate when i die and go to heaven because they say he's off the battlefield and i'm like what <laughs> You want like fight like fight like a girl, fight like a warrior, fight like God's child and fight so hard that when you're off the battlefield and you're with him and you're no longer here, that hell goes now no more on the battlefield. He's no more out there battling us. And so um, so it's really you're going to experience it. It is how you handle it. And I'm not saying deny it. I'm not saying any of those things. I'm saying process it, cry it out, do what you must, and then pick up your sword and battle back. And Heather said, I love that you went there. It just shows your heart and humility. Your vulnerability is your superpower. Thank you. Thank you. I am surrounded by so many smart, amazing people. And like with I'm changing the narrative, let me just use this as an example. There's so much that people like Natasha, like Kim, Allison, Jason, different people do map behind the scenes that y'all don't ever see. Y'all see me go out and speak, but you don't see all of the ads and all of this and all of that and the graphics and and Heather and everybody who's come along beside us, you know, for the for the book launch and shirts that Jennifer made and different things, right? And I, when it, you know, I am the face of the movement right now. And the next step is to have speakers and and authors and different things that we push out and help other people. And we've already are doing it to help them uh, go out and speak and do those things. So when it's people are like, oh, you did good. You did good. I'm like, no, but let me tell you about these people that you you may not have seen that that I literally would not be here without them. And I just want people to know that it is a collective effort. And I want to, when I have success with this book, I want everybody who's loved me and supported me and been, been in the fight, I want them to go along with me. And so thank you for noticing that because I am, maybe it has something to do with some childhood stuff too, but like when like, praise. I'm like, okay, Lord, I received that. I humbly and deeply receive that, but I'm thankful. And I want to share with everybody else the glory because one, it's for God, but two, it is the people that have helped me along the way. So I love you. 